Hello, and welcome to Podcasters on Purpose. This is Debbie Adea, your host. And today I'm really excited to share with you a dear friend of mine, Michael Neely. Michael is a mentor and business strategist for visionary solopreneurs. He's a former professional actor and medieval knight, an author and speaker, and he hosts the podcast, Consciously Speaking, by this, not that, and something to whine about. As the founder of the Authority Academy, Michael now trains and supports heart-centered entrepreneurs in professional speaking, virtual summits, getting published, and designing and hosting their own podcast to massively grow their business and expand their audience. Michael is also a mindset master with a gift for helping people to get out of their own way. If you're tired of being the best kept secret, Michael is your guy. I'm super excited to have him on the show today to talk with you about podcasting and about his show. So welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you for having me here, Debbie. It's delightful to have you. I love anytime we get together is awesome. And oh yeah, totally. To share the gift of podcasting too. What a what an incredible gift. So you've got three yeah. shows now. I do. I do. It's pretty fun. And as you know, you've been on, well, you've been on two out of the three so far. And I'm sure I'll have you in the third one at some point. <laughs> Looking forward to it. That'll be great. Yeah. So can you tell us, talk a little bit about your different shows. So what Consciously Speaking, By This Not That, go tell, tell us a little bit about each show and what they're about. Sure, sure. So Consciously Speaking was my firstborn. And I've had that show for four years now, and it is growing tremendously as we're approaching 2 million downloads. And it is a show geared towards waking up, I guess is the easiest way to put it, about a more mindful lifestyle. And what my mission with that show was to really introduce all kinds of new ways of thinking about things in the realm of consciousness and being awake. And so I have people on who had near-death experiences, and I bring in people who do astral projections and past life regressionists and all types of kind of woo-woo, as we'd call it. Love it. And it's totally a fun show. So I love, love that one. That's, that's my first point. And then I have By This, Not That, which is more of an entrepreneurial show. It's really what I call it is the Entrepreneurial Toolkit Review And so any tools that an entrepreneur would use, whether it's a physical thing like software that you use for running your platforms or mail management or webinar hosting or whatever. So I review those types of technologies, but I also review training programs. So if you're trying to get better at list building, I would review somebody who teaches list building. So all all of the elements that an entrepreneur would use. So that's by this, not that. And then, of course, as you know, something to whine about. Is totally for fun, and that was really just um, a passion project because I love wine and I love sharing uh, wine stories with people. And, and my co-host, uh, who I'm sure you'll have on at some point as well, Absolutely. Melanie Benson. We just, yeah, we just get together and and we bring on guests and we chat about our wine favorite moments, and so that's a lot of fun too. That's fantastic. I love all of your shows, and I love Melanie. I can't wait to have her on here too. So yeah. So how did you get into doing podcasting? I mean, it's, I think podcasting is such a unique journey and, you know, there's a decision point for sure when you start to step into that. What was yours? Right. Mine was probably the weirdest one of anybody <laughs> that I've heard of. Well, I, it's, I mean, you talk about getting, stumbling into it, I guess, head first. I was actually working with a client and we were having some really great moments. And I asked him if I could record the session because we were having these great ahas. And I think he was having some awesome breakthroughs. So he agreed and we recorded the session. And at the end, we played it back. 
And he said, dude, that sounds really good. You should start a podcast. <laughs> and my, my literal response was, well, what's a podcast? Hmm. And it wasn't that I hadn't heard the word, but I'd never listened to one in my life. I really didn't know what it, I mean, I was blank. I knew nothing about it. And he shared a little bit about it with me and it sounded pretty cool. And two weeks later, I launched my first show. And That's so I just really just go, this sounds pretty cool. Let me do this. And bam. Wow. And two weeks. And so did yeah. you just self-taught? You just went and taught yourself how to do totally, it? Totally. Totally. <laughs> and to be frank, though, this was this was the thing. And I, I share the story quite regularly is that after I did that, I had my show going. And I was releasing, you know, an episode every seven to 10 days, whatever. I would interview friends who were in the conscious thought space because I knew a lot of people in, in that arena. And about two months into it, I saw a webinar on podcasting and I learned what a podcast could be. And then I realized, oh, podcasting, it's totally different than what I even thought. And so I shut my show down and I revamped it and I relaunched about a month later as a seven day a week show. Wow. And so that's when it really started to take off for me. Seven days a week. Now, how how did that go for you? That's a, did you, when did you record it? All day or how did you manage that? I did. It it was nuts at first. So I I recorded two days of the week and I would record five episodes in each of those days. So I would do those, you know, kind of back to back. And that allowed me to stockpile some episodes so that I didn't have to, although there did come those times when I don't know if you've ever experienced this, where it's like, oh crap, I have an episode that's supposed to go live tomorrow and I don't have an interview. And so Uh I'm on the phone (laughs) trying to track somebody down. Can I interview you today? So there were those moments too. But yeah, so it was just, and then it was a constant release schedule. I mean, every night, uh, some nights I was up until two in the morning trying to get the episode ready to be live by, you know, 8 a.m. So wow. it, it was pretty great. Yeah. And so did you do all that yourself? You did all the editing and the recording? I did. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it was crazy. And back then too, my shows were running 45 minutes to an hour. So wow. it, it, yeah, so it was a lot. I was putting in about 50 to 60 hours a week as I was building that out. That's incredible. Uh. Yeah. And so um, I know we've talked about your setup and what you do with your, you know, your mic and everything and, and that you, you use Zoom mm-hmm. as well, right? For recording yours? I do. Or? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I use Zoom and Zoom. So just to, just to clarify, so Zoom <laughs> as a software platform that we're talking on right now that connects us vocally and visually if we want to do video. But I also use a Zoom handheld recorder the 4HN. So everything goes out of my computer and through my microphone to a mixer and then from the mixer to an outside recorder. So I I do it that way. Yeah. You have a little different setup. So for me, I do Zoom and I have it record locally on my system, but, and it goes through that whole platform, but I like what you've done because that was before Zoom recorded separate tracks. When you started with Zoom, I'm imagining. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Zoom and Zoom makes a lot of sense. (laughs) It can be confusing though when I'm when I'm teaching people they're like well how what Zoom are you talking about so I've gotten to have it now I call Zoom is my software on the computer with the video and the four uh, the H4n is the actual Zoom model that I use for the outer recording so awesome so how yeah. you kind of evolved your show so you you had consciously speaking to start with the seven days and then mm-hmm. you you've evolved over time to have three shows that's like a yeah. again a whole nother trajectory and transition. What have you found, like, as you've grown, what are some of the things that you've learned? You know, one of the biggest things that really was an eye-opener for me, Debbie, was between season one and season two of 
consciously speaking. I decided to take a short break between season one and season two and took about a month off and then started releasing shows again. And when I went back to season two, I had decided at that point to drop it to three episodes per week. I was feeling a little bit of overwhelm continuing with seven shows. Yeah. So I dropped it to three. Yeah, yeah, as you can imagine. So I dropped it to three episodes a week. And then what was weird to me was my downloads didn't drop. Hmm. I was still getting the same amount of downloads per week with half the content. And so I reached out to people that I knew were, you know, avid listeners. And I started asking people, I'm like, why? What's your thinking behind this? How is it that? I'm still getting the same number of downloads. And the response I got was, well, when you were putting out seven shows a week, I didn't have time to listen to all of them. So I would pick and choose. Now that you're doing three shows a week, I listen to all of them. So it made me realize that I was kind of overloading the content. Mm -hmm. And so now people were listening to everything versus just picking and choosing anyway. And so my downloads stayed the same thing. So that was super interesting to me. Less is more. Yeah. 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 And then another big one, the, the feedback that I started to get, and by the way, anybody who's, who's out there who's listening, who's a podcaster, is I'd suggest, you know, try to get feedback. And then when you get it, pay attention to it. A, a big one for me also is that people are saying, I want to hear more from you. I want to hear more of your input and your take on what the guests are talking about. And I want to hear more actionable advice. And so my first season, my questions were very much rote. It was like, I'm going to ask these 10 questions kind of time after time with slight variations. And as the show has evolved now in season three with one episode a week, I actually even call it more of a conscious conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's less of an interview. I'm not asking about their story. And as a matter of fact, I try to shy away from hearing their whole story. It's like, what are you doing now to be more awake, to be more conscious? And then we'll pick a topic that's in their wheelhouse and we'll riff on that back and forth. And so it's a very different show than it was when I started. That's fantastic. So what are some of the ways that you think someone is the best way to reach out and get feedback? Because you know, as a podcast and we don't always hear from our listeners and then we do and then we're like, oh, I moved to tears, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> actual, you know, connection and feedback. So how do you, how do you receive yeah. that usually? frequently they come through either the Facebook group that I've created for each of my shows has its own Facebook group. And then also um, email. Sometimes people will email me and say something. And so it's one of those two areas usually that I'll see the feedback. And I also on my website, and this has been a fun way too, is I have a uh, thing there called speak pipe where from my website at michaelneely.com, people can click on that and actually leave record a voice message right there. I love that. On the computer. Yeah. And that's really cool. So then I get sent their voice message. And so that that's also a fun way to get good feedback. So SpeakPipe, uh, it's a software? Or is that what you call it? Yeah. It's a software add-on and, and they have a free version of it that you can get for, you know, the second. If, if you pay the, get the free version, the messages are limited to like 90 seconds. But that's plenty for someone to leave you. That's perfect. Short sweet. Yeah. Then you yeah. can listen to a bunch. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want something thrown it on for five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> 15 minutes later, we're very unconscious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. What was that? I forgot what your main message was. Yeah. <laughs> so do you ask them on your show then for that feedback? Or do you, is that how you direct them to the SpeakPipe or to your Facebook groups? Or is that your bumpers? Yeah, I, I do it. I do it a little bit. Occasionally, I'll mention it on the show. And I think it's in my outro, which is, you know, the pre-recorded outro. I don't know if that's uh, in there or not. I haven't listened to it in so long. But uh I also do it in the show notes. So I'll ask people to engage in Facebook and Twitter. So, awesome. So, That's fantastic. Yeah. 
And so for you with your shows, what would you say is like some of the, in consciously speaking, some of the best takeaways you've gotten or maybe your favorite interview that you've had and, and why? Yeah, you know, I get asked this question every now and then, and I don't know what my favorite interview was. It is. What's what's one of your favorite interviews? (laughs) Do you have? Do you have some conversation that? uh, I know you. When we interview so many people, it's like, okay, let me think. There's a huge pool. (laughs) Seven days. Right. Right. I guess one of my favorite ones was I was interviewing someone who was a specialist in a particular type of relationship, and I felt like what she was talking about, like so mirrored the relationship I was going through and the, the part of the relationship I was going through at the time, which was, you know, breakup and leading to divorce. And so the episode, she talks about the, these, she has a book out even uh, about hijackles and how someone can come in and hijack the relationship and how hmm. it's, it's a, um, kind of a covert manipulation thing that people do on a very subconscious level. And it was so relevant to what I was going through in my life. It was very eye-opening for me. And I was like, wow, so this is kind of a natural common thing that I just got caught unawares of. And so that was a pretty cool episode. That's awesome. Isn't it great when we like, we have those, those conversations that are so forwarding, like, so some weeks you just go on and you're like, Oh gosh, I've got three interviews today. I'm tired. I don't know. And then you get on there. You're like, Oh gosh, thank you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Thank you. Right. Yeah, Yeah, completely. So I know you you do your authority uh, blueprint live, right. And you teach about Mm -hmm. authority. What would you say around podcasting and helping to build your authority and your, and your brand? How does it fit? Yeah. I would say, and by the way, thank you for being at my event. Your oh, authority your blueprint live. Okay, yeah, so, so I just have to say, <laughs> Michael has this amazing. First of all, Michael attracts beautiful people. He's just got this radiant energy. If you look at his eyes, they're like the sun; they shine, you know. And he has this extraordinary event. He has it up in Santa Cruz, not Santa Barbara. No, Monterey. Right. Monterey. <laughs> That was in Monterey, yes. Monterey, Monterey was where we were. And it was, they had, he actually had these little podcast booths too that he, he built and had a bunch of us podcasters come out and do some interviewing. And he had some beautiful people that were really launching some amazing messages out in the world that he was helping them build a powerful, profitable brand around and their authority. So I'd, I'd love to get your tips on podcasting. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, podcasting is... Probably the int- well, I, it's a combination. I, I I feel a little hesitant to call it the entry point because I don't want to demean the value of it as a standalone as well. But I at the same time I feel like it is probably one of the first and most valuable things that anyone who wants to build their authority can do. Completely agree. And yeah, yeah and partially is because it's so easy to start one, and, and by easy I mean it's it's work for sure. But it's very, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Uh, it's very affordable. You know, it doesn't cost a lot in fancy equipment or anything. And even just the uh, software platforms, anything that you need, you can get a podcast up and running for under $100. Mm-hmm. And so I think that also makes it very approachable. And the long-term value of it is that over time, that audience will start to find you more and more. And you build this platform that, feeds than every other element that you're going to stack on that when you're building authority. And so for me, it was a natural segue from doing a podcast to doing a virtual summit. 
because really a virtual summit is just a lot of recordings arranged in a particular order in which you grow your list massively and you can even monetize it pretty easily. So it's the natural build on. And so that's the second pillar of authority that I teach is the virtual summit. And then from there, speaking gigs and what you're doing with your podcast is you're honing your message. You're developing your voice in a way you become more articulate. You really dial it in so that speaking uh, speaking engagements is a natural segue. And then beyond that, authoring your own book. And I know many podcasters, you I'm sure do as well, Debbie, who have taken transcripts from their episodes have those massaged by sometimes even just a ghostwriter who then will put that into a, an entire book that you've just spoken into existence. And for me, that those things play off of each other and build and then create an exponential power versus any of those elements individually. And I love how you have those four pillars. And it sounds like podcast is really like the launching pattern foundation that they yeah. just grow off of, which is fantastic. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've had open up for you out of having your shows? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's been incredible. I, I mean, so many, it's almost hard to count, but let me just give a couple of the highlights. So for one is having my show has opened me up to get more speaking engagements. So because of my podcast, I've been getting invited to speak on people's stages, including uh, being an icon of influence at New Media Summit with you, which yeah, is always been fun. Yeah. And and then the really cool one that just is happening for me come February is I'm going to be going to a location in Costa Rica called Rhythmia. And Rhythmia is a spiritual retreat center that also does it's it's based on plant medicine rituals, kind of shamanistic in a way. But it includes great food and yoga and meditation and all these other elements. And I'm going there for a week, all expenses paid, because Rhythmia wants me to interview their founders. And, of course, talk about it unconsciously speaking, because it's a match made in heaven. And so that obviously would not have happened had I not had my podcast. So I'm very excited about that, too. Yeah, it's incredible, right? It opens up so many doors and stages and connections. like. I know for me, I've met some of my favorite people through having a podcast, you included. You know, it's just been really it's been a great way to meet people that have similar interests and a similar consciousness and energy about them too. Yeah. And, and Debbie, I want to piggyback on that as well, because the other thing about the industry as a whole podcasting industry is such a independent medium still. Mm-hmm. Thank God. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's really. And it's super rich in that the people who are in it, they're so supportive and I've built some lifelong friendships from this, like yourself, JJ, Doug, Melanie, Ruby. I mean, so many people I could go on and on that I would not even have relationships if it weren't for podcasting. And so it's really awesome. I feel the same way. Yeah. It's a huge gift to so many people, the people who listen to the people we interviewed to the host, you know, our hosts ourselves, you know, all of it. I think it's fantastic. So what about, what would be some of like your favorites? I don't know if you could give some like tips for someone who maybe would be looking at doing podcasting. That would be like mm-hmm. your favorite, maybe little leverage points or hacks that they could do to help them with their show. Yeah. I would say the first one is 
start the show right the first time. Okay. So get a mentor. <laughs> I think it's super important. Someone who's been through it and can help you through, you know, the unknown, unexpected pitfalls. And the other piece of that is I recommend that you start kind of backwards. And what I mean by that is start with the end in mind. And so if you want to make money from your show, as an example, if you want to monetize it, start with, well, how are you going to monetize it? What would you sell? Don't even think about where your show is going to be yet. Just what would you sell? Okay. If you have a product or a program or a service or you're a coach or whatever, that's what you're going to sell. Next, who would buy that? Okay. Who is your ideal client avatar? Who is the type of person who's going to be interested in what you had to sell? And then, and only then start thinking about the show. What show can you build that will attract that audience? Mm. And for me, that's key because uh, as an example, I had a client who was an accountant. And so she could talk accounting through the roof day in and day out. But if she did a show about accounting, she's going to attract other accountants. And that's not her target audience. Her target audience, what she had to sell was people in the automotive repair industry because her accounting, she specialized in helping these high-end automotive repair shops to make a lot of money, to to do their books and, and do, handle their finances in a way that doubled their take-home revenue. And so for her then to create a show, accounting was not going to do it. She needed to create a show that would attract those people in the automotive industry. And so I know it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but she, she would be better off to create a show where she's doing interviewing uh, car shop owners and it's a high end automotive type show. And she doesn't have to be an expert in it, by the way. She just has to have a series of questions and then know who to reach out to. So it's that's a big thing that I would think is important for anybody doing is work backwards and pick develop a show that's going to attract your target audience. Yeah, it's great. And you had that too, right? Like you started off with consciously speaking and then stepped yeah. into. So how did you get into buy this, not that? So consciously speaking to that next brand. Yeah, well, that that was exactly why I built the second show, because I realized when I created consciously speaking, not knowing what I teach now <laughs> was that I was. Yeah, I created a show where I really built an audience of spiritual seekers, tree huggers, even as I call them. <laughs> And they're not all entrepreneurial. Yeah, I'm a tree hugger. And <laughs> but only a small portion were entrepreneurial, yet the services that I had to offer, the trainings, were geared towards entrepreneurs. So I built a show with a small portion of an audience that I needed. And so when I created Buy This, Not That, my whole intention was, how can I create a show that will attract my ideal audience and then I can, through the process of that, offer stuff that you know, I, I can sell to them, hmm. my trainings and programs and teaching. And here's the thing with buy this, not that I don't have to know about any of these technologies. I don't even have to use some of the technologies that I review. I just got another questions to ask. And so it's very easy to create that kind of a show that now entrepreneurs will find useful. They start listening and then they get to know me better, build a no like trust factor. And then I can offer my products and services. That's fantastic. Yeah. And if you're a coach or you're someone that does any kind of inquiry for transformation or whatever, it is such a transferable skill set. Wouldn't you agree? Like if you can ask powerful questions as a coach, you're going to be a great interviewer. That's true. Very true. Yeah. And then for something to whine about, you guys have some (laughs) around that. So how would you recommend someone picks a co-host? Because that's an interesting thing. 
Yeah, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that because it, it opens up this whole kind of journey of something to whine about. So I've been thinking about a wine podcast for years and I've actually talked to other people in passing about, you know, I've been thinking about this. Would you be interested in co-hosting? Because it's also one of those types of shows, which I wouldn't want to build on my own, let's say, even though a lot of the episodes I've recorded are just me with a particular guest, but I wouldn't want to start it or build it that way. And so I couldn't find a host that I felt like was really committed to join with me. And then one night at a new media summit event over dinner, I was talking about it in conversation and Melanie raised her hand and she's like, I'm there. I would do it. And of course, since she had her own podcast, I knew that I could trust her. I knew that she knew what it would take to get a show up and going. And so it was kind of a match made in heaven. And literally we recorded our first episode the next night. So (laughs) I believe in rapid action and, you know, or she would call it bold action. (laughs) That's right. Bold moves. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So would you say that it's important to have someone that obviously you trust that can do podcasting as well that you know, someone that, what, what are some of the other characteristics you might look for in a, in a, in a co-host? Yeah, someone, I think it's important that it be someone who knows the ropes so that one of you doesn't end up carrying all the weight mm-hmm. because there is, you know, there's work to be done. I mean, the interviews are all fun and fine and dandy, but then you've got to make sure it gets edited and it gets posted and show notes get put together and, and there are all of the other elements that go with that. And so you want to be sure that it's somebody who knows about that and can share the weight. And the other piece is the commitment needs to be there. And like with Melanie, yeah. And with Melanie and I in our show, it's one of those things that when we can do it live and we can do it together, which we've recorded multiple episodes sitting down together, it's great. And because Melanie and I live about 300 miles apart, we can't always do that. So a lot of times I'm off recording an episode with a different group of people, but that's also part of our agreement. We don't have to both be there. And we still are looking at how we can even create and make it fun to do it virtually. Mm-hmm. Like we're sitting in different locations around the world, sipping our wine, but connecting over Zoom at the same time. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Marco Polo won't work for that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, to- who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so would you also say like, how do you divvy up your responsibilities? Do you just kind of plan an agreement in the beginning? Do you, do you look for someone who has, you know, uh, complementary skill sets, similar skill sets, what would you say? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good if you can. And so like in the beginning with ours, she took care of getting a lot of the artwork done, getting the logo set and things like that. I took care of doing the first few edits together. We joined up for several of the, our first episodes. And by the way, we haven't released a whole lot of them yet. We're still trying to get together with a release pattern. And I will add the side note here that again, with this being a passion project, we don't feel like we need to be on a weekly release schedule or anything like that (laughs) versus if someone is like, if this is your main show and you are planning to monetize it right out of the gate and everything, then I would suggest you do have a set schedule and you coordinate that a lot better. Consistency for sure. Yeah. 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 No seven days for you. No seven days a week. (laughs) You would turn into an alcoholic really quick. (laughs) Right. If you're doing right. about seven days a week, or you could do them all yeah, in one day, maybe. I don't know. That would also be, 
that might not be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One day of recording, two days of recovery, then exactly. you go into edit mode. <laughs> you don't edit on the days that you're recording. <laughs> right. Oh my God. So you have, I, you know, I'm sitting here in my office. I have this great artwork from my show that I got off of one of the booths at Your Authority yeah. Live, which I love. Where did you get that? If anyone is wanting to like print their show artwork and put it up on a wall, do you know the name of the company? You got yeah, I got it at signs.com uh-huh. and they're called foam boards. They're kind of like the stuff you might see politicians put out on people's front lawns. <laughs> foam board thing sticking on the little prongs out there. And in the background of mine now, I actually got multiple foam boards of all of my different shows. And I kind of did a mosaic there. They're all forming one wall piece together of the different stuff. And as you know, I've got two other shows in the wings waiting to be launched as well. Sure do. (laughs) But to be announced, you have to keep in touch with Michael. Are you you announcing any of that yet? Are you waiting? I'm waiting. You're waiting. Okay. All right, it's hush, hush. So You'll find yeah. out if you get if you get connected with him, you'll get the the release info as it comes out. Yeah. So, Michael, I so love talking to you. I could talk to you all day, but I know you probably have things you need to get to. You could leave the listener today with one piece of advice on their journey of podcasting. You know, if, either if they're starting out or they're, you know, already on their way, what would be the piece of advice that you would give them? I would say if you're thinking of starting out and you've probably experienced this as well, Debbie, I meet so many people who have been thinking of starting a podcast for over a year yeah. and something keeps stopping them. And so I would say to those people, if you don't already have a podcast, it's like that adage, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. <laughs> the second best time to plant a tree is today. <laughs> Same thing with podcasting. If you couldn't launch 14 years ago or so when it started, launch today. Don't delay any longer because it's just going to keep getting better. It's, it's, you, you need to get in there now. So that would be for anybody who doesn't already have a show. And if you already have a show, I would say do everything you can to make that show sustain you. Because a, a common occurrence in the industry is pod fading. People will launch a show and then six or seven shows later, it just goes away because they didn't either find the personal fulfillment or the financial fulfillment or something to keep them going. And so I would say, look for that before you let your show fade and reach out to experienced podcasters like Debbie or myself or any of the, I'm sure other great people she's going to have on this show and learn what do we do to keep it going and, and keep our momentum up. And so uh, those would be the two things I would say. That's great advice. And on that note, what would be a tip that you would have around helping your show sustain you? Yeah, I think the big key is if you find that you're making money from it, <laughs> that's that's one of the biggest. Because honestly, if you're doing because it's work, I mean, you've got to put in the time. Even if you're if you're outsourcing, then it's a money, it's an outflow. But if even if you're doing the work yourself, it's time you got to put into it. And you want to be reimbursed for that. So find a way to monetize it. I teach at least seven ways to monetize a show. I'm sure, Debbie, you teach Mm -hmm. a lot of ways to do that as well. And there are probably even more that I haven't even thought of. But monetize it. Start to make money from it. Because what better motivation to keep doing something than to go, hey, this is a moneymaker for me. And what would you say is one of the best and easiest ways to monetize your show? If you were to just pick one of your seven. Yeah, I I would say the, the easiest way is to sell your own stuff. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like, and again, if you've started it with that idea that here's what I sell and here's the audience I can sell it to, I think that's the key way. And I even think there was a survey did by Michael Stelzner of uh, social media marketing world uh, that found that of the podcasts that monetize, not all podcasts monetize, some do it just as a hobby, but of those that monetize, 62% of them are making that money through selling their own stuff. Mm, makes a lot of so sense. I think that's key. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Well, let's say that the uh, podcast are listening in today would like to get more of you and your shows and your work. Where would they go? Well, obviously you can check out all my shows on iTunes. If you just uh, go into iTunes and search Michael Neely, all my shows will pop up. Plus the interviews I've done on other people's shows Uh, or go to michaelneely.com is a good place to find out more about me or yourauthorityblueprint.com, either of those. And yeah, I also offer a free uh, conference call. If someone wants to jump on the phone with me for 30 minutes, I'm happy to give some launch advice and tips. And so I could, we could actually, even if you want, we could put a link for that in the show notes if okay, people are interested yeah. in that. We'll do that. And then can you spell Neely for them so that they know? Yes. Thank you. It's N-E-E-L-E-Y. So michaelneely.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Michael. And you're on all of the main major platforms, right? So not just iTunes, if you want to go to any of them, right? You can find them. Right, right. Yeah, Stitcher and, um, you know, all, all the, yeah, yeah, Google Play Music, uh, Spotify. <laughs> yeah, check it out. It's been delightful. Thank you so much. I love what you're up to in the world. I just adore you and think the world of you. So thanks so much for sharing your beautiful light and your gifts with our listeners today. Likewise, Debbie. I I can't wait to see you again face to face so I can give you a big hug and, and keep up the great work, the stuff you're doing too. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you're new or returning to this show and have not yet subscribed, please subscribe to receive the latest episodes as they're released. And if you love what you heard today, we love a great review too. Thanks so much for listening in. We'll see you next time on Podcasters on Purpose. Hey there, have you ever thought about creating your own podcast? If so, I'd love to support you with giving you a free guide on how you can create your studio and set up for your podcast. If you'd be interested in learning more about the microphone that I use, the headset that I use, the software that I use (laughs) to do these shows, I'd love to share that with you. You can go on over to podcastingonpurpose.com.